Father, we come to you this morning and we do praise your name and we want to honor you as holy. You are holy. You are set apart. You are righteous. You are light. And Father, we praise you. We love you. We adore you. We hope these songs reach your ears and that you are pleased and encouraged. Father, I pray that we can yield ourselves to your holy hand and your transforming power. I pray that we can come here this morning not on spiritual autopilot, Father, but that we can engage emotionally with your word, Father, that we can care about how you have made us holy as well, not because of anything we've done, not because of any merit in our personality or character, but because of the power of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. I pray that we can lift his name up this morning, Father. Help us have our minds in the right place and our hearts in the right place, God. Help us to be attentive in the way that you should be honored and revered, God. Uh, we need your help. We are wandering sheep. Our thought processes are messed up and skewed. Our attention spans are woefully short. And, Father, I just pray that you, through the power of your spirit, uh, can help us at this time, in this place, transform us, Father. We can't do it without you. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You ready this morning, 9 a.m.? Come on. Yes, indeed. I know. You woke up ready. Come on. Let's go. Draw near to God. We're still trying to draw near to God. At 9 o'clock, it might be harder to draw near to God. I don't know. But we've been talking about that all year. You know, we've been talking about fasting and uh, Really, that, that has helped me tremendously this year. You know, the fasting, I'm telling you, the beginning of the year was phenomenal. It, it, it helped me. It got my mind in the right place. It really engaged me. I was just like, oh, let's go. And I've been focusing on prayer and, and uh, spiritual formation, that whole concept that, you know, we're, we're trying to grow to be more like Jesus, but it's a process that, you know, we're being made into Jesus. We can't do it ourselves. And it's not just for us so we can look in the mirror and go, man, I'm a great Christian. No, it's so that we can be there for other people. We can be Christ's image bearers throughout the whole world. That's what we're here to do. And, you know, we, we studied the uh, grace by looking at the book of Ruth, and I, I feel like that was helpful and encouraging in a lot of ways just to really dive in and to see that heart of God uh, through people like Boaz to really pay attention to God's word and to allow someone who is a foreigner, a widow, poor, right, to have that mishpat heart of God, uh, that gracious heart. It was powerful. And uh, we've been talking a little bit lately about just this concept of, of, of pledging allegiance to King Jesus. You know, it's like we got to be grateful for his kingdom, okay? And it's not a place with borders or physical that we see. It's that the fact that we yield ourselves to the reign of Jesus. Like our own lives, we say, you know what? I, I yield myself. Jesus, reign over me in my life. And that's where the kingdom of God really is. And so we can take the kingdom wherever we go. It's a celebration. It is a fork in the road. We got to make decisions. And it's a marathon, man. It's not just make one decision and, whoo, that was great. We got to hold on. We got to stay focused, right? And we talked about that last week. This week, we're going we're gonna to look at a concept. If you'll see some kingship terminology, right? God's rescued us from the dominion. That's a kingdom kind of word, dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, right? That's Jesus, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. We're going to take a little bit of a turn 
this morning kind of start a, a new type of series, and, and I want to kind of set up a little bit of the why, you know. Because we've been transferred from a dominion of darkness and brought into Jesus' kingdom, I hope we can have some gratitude. And I, and I also hope that we remember where we've been and where we are now. I hope we can remember who we were when we were totally yielding ourselves to the dominion of darkness, to the dominion of self, whatever I want, when I want it, and the person that we became. I hope we can remember that. And also what it was like when God freed us from that through Jesus. If we can't continually reflect and remember those types of things, then we get skewed and we don't really, our motivations can get off. And we got to constantly remember, and I do to believe that's why we come together on days like this. And in Colossians, I'll give you some homework for your own small group or for your own personal Bible study. Look through Colossians. Look at the, the, the story. Track the creation language. There's language of God when he created. Look in the first couple chapters of Genesis and track what happens in Colossians. I just gave you a big hint on Exodus language, right? God took his people out of Egypt under Pharaoh, right? Brought them into a new place, right? That's, that's Exodus language. That's in Colossians, all right? Why is Paul doing that? And I think that's good homework maybe for you and your small group. And it brings us to our theme today, right, that we're trying to kind of take a little bit of a turn. And it comes from Colossians. And it's, and it's from Colossians 3. And, and Paul writes, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. And here, doesn't matter who you are, right? Christ is all and is in all. And so this concept of putting off your old self and putting on the new self, this off and on concept. Now, honestly, it's a metaphor about clothes. But if you try to look up images that are high resolution for taking on and off clothes, it's not good. So we're going to go with, we're just going to go with light, light switch, okay? We're mixing metaphors, but you understand where I'm coming from. All right. And the other challenge we had with this series is we were going to call it Breaking Bad Habits. But I've never seen the TV show Breaking Bad. But somebody said, bro, that was a really dark show. You shouldn't really use that. So I said, Okay, well, we're not going to use that either. So we're all messed up with this new series. It's not going to be catchy, maybe. But this concept of you got to take off stuff and you got to put on stuff. You got to take off the negative and put on the positive. You got to take off the unspiritual, put on the spiritual. You got to take off the stuff you used to do when you used to live under Pharaoh in the dominion of darkness. Now you're, that, you're a Christian. You got to put on a new stuff. You got to figure that out. And we're going to focus on one thing in particular today. We're going to focus on this concept, slander. We don't have all day. We only, got a, we only got one message this morning. All right? We're going to focus on that. Why are we focusing on that? Because how we speak to each other is important. And we haven't had a ton of messages on stuff like that. And I remember, I think it was Bob King once, he, a couple of years ago, he was like, man, I think we just need to have a good old-fashioned, straightforward message about gossip and slander and talking. That. And I said, you know, I think you're right. It only took two years, but we figured it out. Amen. 
But, but again, what's the point? The point is not just, okay, here's another thing you're supposed to do. It's who are you? Who are you? When you wake up in the morning, who are you going to be? I'm a disciple. Yeah, but are you, are you pledging allegiance moment to moment and saying, I'm going to let Jesus dictate who I am? Well, then you, if you've so, you've got to put off things like slander. All right, well, what is it? Well, it's really, it's abusive speech, right? Against someone. Um, obviously, with that word blasphemia, right? You've seen that before. Just irreverence, even to God himself. But it's speaking evil of wounding another's reputation by evil reports. Destroying another's good name through slur or insult. It's quiet in here. It's either because, well, I never struggle with that or, well, this message will really be good for this other person in my family group. That's how we can be a lot of times. Uh, And it's interesting, the more I look this up, so I'm just diving in. It's not like I preach on this every week. I kept coming up with every, a lot of times when you see the word slander, you see this word malice. And so I'm trying to figure out, well, what's the difference? What's going on with that? Um, And that was kind of interesting. And malice, malice is evil disposition, cause, trying to cause hurt. Just sometimes it's just translated evil. Sometimes it's translated wickedness. And I'm like, wow, so slander, the way you talk against someone, insults, slurs, and then this word is so close to it, just wickedness, mischievous. And then there's this passage in Ephesians that says, you know, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, that word is malice. That's translated malice as well. And it's interesting. It's almost like they chose, is Paul saying (laughs) that malice is like when you take on the the, kind of the characteristics of the evil one, like the personification of evil. You know, like, like that's because when you think about it, you think about God, when he speaks, he speaks life. He speaks truth, right? But, but not, not his enemy, right? His enemy doesn't, the devil, Satan, the evil one. Same word for malice. Very interesting. So this isn't just a character flaw, guys. Let's just get honest, you know? Oh, yeah, I I grew up in a home where it was kind of like, yeah, we just did this. Well, okay, that's fine, but that's where you were. If you're trying to be like Jesus, this isn't just a character flaw. And I just just felt like, you know, let's just get straight up about it. It's like we're becoming an agent of Satan. I mean, he is referred to as the accuser, all right? Revelation 12, read the Bible, right? He's the enemy or the adversary. These are speaking against, right? That's what slander does. You know, and when we do that, when we speak in that way, we just take off our identity in Christ. And we grieve the spirit. We take on the nature of Satan and we become an agent under his control. We really pledge allegiance to him in those moments. Let's see it for what it is, all right? Amen, you know, slander is speech. That puts malice into effect. All right? That's what it is. Slander, it puts malice, puts evil into effect. And it dishonors God because guess what? The person that you're speaking to is made in God's image. So we got to really check the way we speak to one another. And Ephesians is a very closely related book to Colossians. They even borrow a lot of the same content. And a lot of us are familiar. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Can you say amen to that? But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs 
that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Once again, slander, malice, same place, very similar. Do not let. What does that mean? Do not let. Guess who's responsible for what comes out of your mouth? You. It's not your upbringing. I'm sorry. It's not your culture. I'm sorry. If you, if you are calling yourself a Christian, you got to pledge allegiance to Jesus. you got to put off your old self. you got to clothe yourself with a new nature, a new identity. And you can't make excuses just because you grew up in this or that situation. It can influence the way you talk today. I know it can happen, but it should not dictate it. And sometime, at some point, you got to not let it come out of your mouth. So I'm going to give you some deeply theological advice. If you want to stay away from slander, are you ready? For, this is a lot of Greek I'm about to give you. It's deep. Sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> if you want to stay away from slander, sometimes you literally just have to keep. Sometimes you just got to, you got to practice that. All right. Sometimes you got to figure out how to keep your mouth shut. Is that biblical? I think it is. Look at Proverbs 10, 19. Same translated multiple times. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent what? Hmm, interesting. When words abound, transgression is inevitable. But the one who restrains his words is wise. I think we should reflect on that. Don't let any unwholesome talk. How do you do that? Well, think about these passages. Sometimes you just got to restrain. All right? The truly wise person restrains his words, and the one who stays calm is discerning. Even a fool who remains silent is considered wise. And the one who holds his tongue is deemed discerning. Some of us need to be like <laughs> the fool, right? Sometimes you got to be quiet. Don't say anything. This is important. And I'm going to give you this next. You ever heard of Proverbs 31? It talks about, what, the wife, right? A woman, just great woman. I'm going to give all you husbands and maybe future husbands a proverb for you. This is Proverbs 32. All right, here you go. <laughs> a woman gets the last word in any argument. Anything a man says after that is the beginning of a new argument. So there you go. This is wisdom for husbands and future husbands. That's not in the Bible. I'm just trying to help the 9 o'clock get a little bit going. All right? Husband, sometimes you got to be quiet. Don't, don't say it. I've messed up in this way too many times to count in my life. Amen. Ah, man, I tell you. Because if you don't really pay attention to restraining your words, sometimes just being silent, if you don't really figure that out, then what can happen is you can just start... You, talk too much, okay? And what can happen is when you talk too much, you can land into another form of language that doesn't help, okay? Gossip. We got to be careful with this one, guys. Got to be careful. And, and gossip, really, when you look it up in the, in the what, what the word really gets at, it's, it's someone who uncovers or reveals, 
It's, it's, that's the kind of the, the, the biblical concept that it gets at. So, someone who go, goes around who is actively uncovering and revealing things, right? And often with a heart that's not in a great place, right? And so this is huge. We can't just overlook this. And you, before we talked about how you can talk to someone and, and the language cannot be good and, and it's unwholesome and it doesn't build them up. And you can say, well, I don't really do that to people, but sometimes you might be talking indirectly about somebody. They're not there, but they're the topic. And you're going around uncovering and revealing things that don't need to be uncovered or revealed. So it may not be directly to that person, but it's definitely not godly. And we have to watch out for this. Look at this in Proverbs. The one who goes about slandering others reveals secrets, but the one who is trustworthy conceals a matter. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. A gossip goes around telling secrets. You, you, get, you get the feel here, don't you? And that's what this gets at. We have got to be careful with this, because here is the deal. you got to be honest with yourself. Let's be honest. This next thing is true. Gossip, man, there's something about it that just, it, it just is pleasing in, in, to your negative, to your, like your bad self, your sinful nature. It's so appealing. It's like a choice morsel. It's like just a good, it's like yummy. Like when someone tells you something that you didn't know, it can draw you, it can be very tempting to, Wow, really? Like what? They did what? Like how? And we can, we can get pulled in. So you got to be really careful with gossip. It's, it, it's, it's tantalizing. It's a tasty morsel. But here's the deal. There's consequences. When, when, you, when gossip just never gets checked, I'm going to tell you, it separates close friends. It doesn't build community. It tears down community. We're trying to build family, it tears down family, okay? Well, you, can't, you can't be close, you can't have a covenant type relationship with somebody who you don't even trust. Gossip is, is a killer for our community. We can't let it keep going. We gotta figure out how to deal with it, right? So how do you deal with it? There you go. The one who goes about gossip and reveals secrets, okay, then don't associate with him who's always opening his mouth in that way, all right? And that's what we got to figure out. So how do you do that? Well, if you're in a conversation, somebody starts talking to you, you need to figure out how to say, hey, hold up, pump the brakes. I'm a little uncomfortable with where this conversation is going. Can you say that? You know what I mean? Are you able to say stuff like that? Oh, ho, 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 hey, you know, I don't, hold up. <laughs> Before you, before you, it feels like you might be going down, down a road here about what you're about to say. We got to learn how to say stuff like that right. in the moment. And then you follow up with, hey, by the way, now, does the person know that you're telling this to me? Great question, right? You don't have to say that with an accusatory finger. You don't have to yell it in their face. That's not what I'm, that's not what this is about. This is about maturity. This is about putting on Christ. This is about realizing that gossip kills community, it messes stuff up, it hurts your relationships, and when you're in the moment, and it's a, it might be a tasty morsel, woo, but you got to have the, put on Christ, live as a Christian, 
and stop it in the moment. You don't have to be mean about it. Well, hey, hey, hold up, man. Does the person know that you're telling me that? Or, or you might say, hey, have you told anyone else this? Another great question. Right? We should be able to ask those types of questions. Now, somebody might say, oh, you know, I'm sure they're fine with it. And you, and then you, you shut it down. Like, you know, I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to hear that. In fact, I think that's gossiping. We got to learn how to deal with that. Why is it so quiet? It, because you know why? Because it's uncomfortable. You know, we don't, we don't like it. We don't like doing that. You know, I think, hey, you need to, I, I, I've been in situations where, hey, look, you know what? And people have said this to me. You need to talk to this person directly. You know what? In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check with you in a few days. I'm going to give you two, three days. And, and if you haven't talked to him, I'm going to go to him myself. Sometimes you have to do stuff like that. Because here's the deal. If they're, if they're telling you stuff, when you're not there, guess what they might be doing? Telling other people stuff about you. Okay? You might want to nip this thing in the bud. All right? If somebody's freely telling other people's business to you, when they with other people, they might be freely telling them your business. We got to check gossip in the church. All right? And you need to tell somebody, hey, if you're so comfortable with me talking, if you're so comfortable right now talking to me about another person, well, then you ain't going to have no problem with me going to them and saying, You've been talking about them. Hey, we got to be mature. We got to deal with this stuff. And we don't need to call an elder every time this happens or call some person on staff. We can deal with this ourselves because we have the spirit of Jesus in us. Why do we need to bottleneck the whole church? We got to deal with it. Because here's the deal. You know what? <laughs> when there's no fire, wood, a fire goes out. When there's no gossip, contention ceases. Man, I would love to see that happening, right? Get rid of that fire, get rid of that wood, I mean, and there's no fire. You get rid of that person that goes around uncovering and revealing. You get rid of the people like that. Man, that contentious stuff just, you know what I mean? And you have the ability to deal with it in the moment. You do. I'm confident that you can do it. If you're spirit-led, if you put on Christ and you understand how serious it is, we won't be doing it in in Jesus' church, right? But we just have to learn. Like, sometimes we just get afraid of just being lovingly direct. I mean, it's okay to be just, right? right? Lovingly strong is not wrong. I mean, we got to figure that one out. We, do, we just have to figure that out. There are plenty. Of, look, 90% of our interactions are going to be positive. How are you doing? You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're kind. We love that. We love it when we're anxious and somebody says something kind to us. Isn't that good? Man, that's good. We love that. We need that. We should be receiving those statements, and we should be giving them. A gentle answer deflects anger. Amen. This is another, if you're married, man, whoo, how many times have I messed up with that one? Just could have just handled something real simple, but just kind of came back with a little, eh, and then, right? Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Oh, we like that. Sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. And we need to say those types of things and receive those types of things. And that's beautiful, you know. And I just think, I think we're actually relatively well-versed in that. I think we just have to learn how to be lovingly strong sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. Leviticus 19. I was studying this out, obviously. And uh, one of the things I noticed was, this is the... uh, famous passage where we get the second greatest commandment, right? At the bottom, you ever heard of love your neighbor as yourself? 
all the law and the prophets hang on these two, right? I mean, that's a big deal. It comes from Leviticus. Some people don't even know that. They think Jesus just said it. Jesus was bringing up the Old Testament. But in this thought, look what's mentioned. Don't go spreading slander among your people. Don't do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I'm the Lord, right? Don't hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Then look what it says. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you won't share in their guilt. So wait, you can have rebuke your neighbor frankly, and then you can also have love your neighbor as yourself, and they're not contradictory. It's a part of the whole deal. How can we be really loving? And this, this is gifts back to what we talked about last Sunday, spurring each other on. It's not, we can't be apathetic with each other. We we got to engage. Sometimes sharp disagreements might happen. Paul and Barnabas, it might happen. But at the very least, you're getting in there. You know, you're mentioning stuff. You're dealing with stuff. You're not just, wop, wop, you know, putting stuff under the carpet like it didn't really happen. Loving your neighbor, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you got to be able to say something kind of strong lovingly and frankly, but lovingly. And that, that is a part of the whole package of loving your neighbor. You know, we got to figure out how to do that. It's better, better is open love, open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. Wow, I mean, that's just good stuff. Whoever heeds a life-giving correction. Look at that, life-giving correction. We so many of us hate correction, <laughs> and we hate giving it. Right? We, we have all these reasons, like, oh, I don't want to step on their toes, or this might discourage them. If we never go there, we're not going to be close, guys, and this is just going to be a place you just show up and sit in and listen to some guy speak every Sunday. And that's not what I really want to be a part of personally. You know what? I've received some of these. I've been called some interesting things. But here's the deal. I appreciate, I've respected the men willing to, and women. There have been women who've got up in my face lovingly and spiritually over the years. Amen. I appreciate it. Just got to be loving with it. You just can't be all, I'm putting on a power trip. We don't need that. Speech that heals is a life-giving tree. But a perverse tongue breaks the spirit. And the tongue has the power of life and death. Wow, that's powerful. So if you want more homework, read James chapter 3. And that'll take care of all of this right here. He talks about the tongue is like, whoo, it's intense. It can set the whole course of your life on fire if you don't watch it, right? So really, it's our choice. It's our choice. You know, we, 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 we decide what comes out of our mouths. Let's make it wholesome. Let's make it that which is beneficial for building others up according to their needs. Let's not abuse relationships. Let's not mess up people's honor or reputation. Let's not insult. Let's not talk about somebody when they're not there. Let's learn how to speak up in the moment and, and, and check that type of behavior lovingly and strongly and frankly because that is a part of love and it's relational. In the church, apathy and indifference is not spiritual. And so it's our choice. And I hope that we take this to heart this morning. And I hope we can also, before we take communion, I hope we can rem remember some words from King Jesus. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, 
deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. And even Jesus said, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from, again, the evil one or evil, which is the same word for malice. It's real. Jesus talking about it. We need to talk about it. But thank God that we've been given a new creation. We've been rescued from the life we used to live. And we can put on attitudes and behaviors that are not indicative of the evil one. Praise God for that. And let's pray right now for the Lord's Supper. Father, we are hopefully we are sobered by how our words can affect people. And we are grateful for your word that became flesh, that Jesus came and lived among us. And he is the exact representation of your being, Father. And he showed us how to live self-sacrificially, how to love, even if it cost him his own comfort and life. And Father, we celebrate Jesus and the way he decided to speak, the way he allowed certain words to come out of his mouth to build people up. And even when he was strong, when there were the exclamation points, Father, he still had a heart of love trying to give life-giving correction. Father, help us to be like Jesus, not be apathetic and pretend that things aren't there, but to be willing to speak on them, but to speak truth to them. God, help us remember Jesus. Help us uh, with the, the, the bread that represents his body and, and as we drink of the juice that represents his blood, that we can be grateful for his sacrifice and grateful for his return when he sets all things right. And we pray in his name. Amen.